up, nerds? ESPN Plus, the ESPN app. You won't see a team play worse than my team played yesterday. The New York Jets' performance yesterday was an embarrassment. You, you hired somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop! Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. 98.9, the game. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. I'll ride with the wolves. I'll run with the wolves. I'll run with the wolves. And Eric Fry. Why are all the fingers getting pointed at me? It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Good morning to you out there, and welcome in to another day. Welcome in to another edition of the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game ESPN Radio. What's happening out there? Travis Sparks, Eric Fry hanging out with you here on this Manic Monday. And, of course, we got a good show lined up for you. As always, a loaded show. As always, it seems like on a post-weekend, as we're going to talk about some of those local sports that happened on Friday and this weekend as well. The boys' basketball regionals getting underway, and we'll take a look at everything that happened there this weekend, and we'll take a look at the regional championships that happened on Friday as well in girls' basketball. We'll also hit up on NBA All-Star Weekend, and the all-star game uh, that happened uh, last night and what one uh, Denver coach called the worst basketball game ever played. And we'll talk a look at that. And we'll also uh, take a look at everything else that happened on the weekend. We'll take a look at uh, the golf tournament that concluded, college basketball, the XFL that got uh, kicked off. And uh, we'll also hit up on the uh, Great American Race as well as uh, NASCAR had the Daytona 500 happened yesterday and we'll get Eric's thoughts and feelings yeah. on the uh, 500 and we'll also uh, get to a recap of the entertainment uh, that Eric had for uh, the weekend of motorsports. Do we have to? And yes, we do. We uh. have to recap it when we uh, when we win and when we lose and we also have to recap a pick them as well in NASCAR as week number one is done, is concluded uh, for NASCAR Pick'em. So uh, we'll get to that. And we'll also get to uh, the uh, top three moments in the uh, sports weekend as well. A lot of things happening in the sports world uh, this weekend, and we try to narrow them down to uh, three. So that's exactly uh, what we'll try to do here on uh, this starting lineup show. And, of course, we're hanging out with you until the noon hour here on ESPN Radio. And it wouldn't be possible without a McMahon meets Tingley and 
insurance agency, wet pools and spas, worth computer repair, and the Topolis Estate Bank. So I uh, appreciate them for coming along. And uh, whatever we get to here in this uh, loaded show, we'll get to in the uh, podcast in some sort of a fashion. You can download that podcast wherever you find your favorite pods iTunes, Spotify, our website, fmradio.com, and uh, throw us a like and throw us a rate and review as well over there when you're listening as well. All right, so we got a lot to uh, cover here today, so we need to get right into it, and we need to get it all started with what we always do, and that's first things first. Before we get into the show... First things first. And we're starting off in uh, College of Basketball that happened on uh, Saturday. And uh, that was the uh, Indiana Hoosiers and uh, Fighting Illini. As uh, the Hoosiers, they escaped with a, a three-point victory. And they won a 71-68 to a 68 was the final there on uh, Saturday. Of course, they came out, I think, late Friday night or early Saturday morning that the Illini were going to be without Terrence Shannon Jr. Uh, for this one as he entered into a concussion protocol so uh, that's why I'm kind of not so upset about this loss that happened on Saturday we had a day to decompress and uh, think about the L uh, but that's kind of why I'm not overly disappointed with this one we played so well uh, without Terrence Shannon Jr. Uh, we ultimately did come up a little bit short there and uh, would we have loved to have had someone else besides RJ Melendez take that uh, last second three even though coach under was like I yelled overtime as soon as it left his hands sure you did as uh, you know RJ hasn't hit a three in so long since 2022 it seems like so uh, probably would have had maybe Matthew Meyer take that last shot or someone else but uh he didn't, and Melendez did have a good look uh, at the three, but unfortunately it did not go in, and uh, there was no overtime to be had, so mm-hmm. uh, the Hoosiers ended up winning 71-68 on Saturday. Yep, and uh, yep. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, like you said, not having Shannon out there really hurt the Illini. Hopefully he comes back soon. Obviously, do we know about tonight? It's uh, still uh, up in the air as far as I know about uh, tonight's game against uh, Minnesota, whether he's uh, still in concussion protocol or not. So it's still uh, not clear here in uh, in the morning here. It's just it's unfortunate. Um, you know, this Illini team on Saturday just looked. They gave it. They gave it a nice a nice go of it, but uh, I don't know, Travis. I can't get excited about this team anymore. I mean, well, you're definitely not alone, uh, for sure, uh, is, uh, this has kind of been uh, up and down and uh, whatnot, not very consistent in the uh, games that we uh, put out there. Um, but, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, he did go off for uh, 26 points on Saturday, but I thought uh, overall uh, he we did play better defense on him. And, yes, he did go off for 26 
and it wasn't quite as much as last time around, but uh, at least we did try to double him, and we tried uh, sometimes, but he was just too quick. He knew that the double was coming, so he would get the ball, and then he would immediately turn and go to the basket, and the double wasn't quick enough to uh, come around, and he did also have some other uh, looks at the rim as well. Uh, so a lot better defense uh, on him with uh, 26 points still. Uh, cop man he was four for five from beyond the arc he was hitting big shot after big shot uh, you know he had 12 points and uh, that was really one of the only guys that really kind of hurt uh, the Illini besides uh, Davis uh, mm -hmm. there in the game on on Saturday and uh, you know Luke Goody I thought that he looked uh, yep. good in 23 minutes on yep. Saturday or at least in some spot in some spots I don't know what he was doing on a couple of those defensive efforts uh, there against, I think it was Thompson, who uh, he was guarding a couple of times that left a little too easy looks for him. But I uh, did come in. He made a three, and uh, Ty Rogers also had a decent effort. I mean, yeah, you look at the box score, only four points, but uh, he does a lot more other things besides the scoring column, and so he put in some good minutes uh, there. Uh, but uh, just not enough to be Indiana on Saturday. Well, let's talk. I I pulled up some numbers here for R.J. Travis. Mm -hmm. All right. This year, now, he's played in three more games than he played last year, okay? Last year, he averaged about 8.5 minutes a game. Mm -hmm. He's averaging about 20 this year. So, you expect some of these numbers to be higher because he's playing more minutes. Mm -hmm. But in 21-2022, he was 9 of 15 from three, which is 60%, which isn't bad. You take a 60% shooter. Mm -hmm. This year, Travis from three, RJ Melendez is 19 of 79. Yep. 24%. Yep. Not only that, his turnover numbers are up, which again, you expect some numbers to be higher because he's playing more basketball. But he had 10 turnovers last year. He's got 26 this year. Yep. Can we tell this kid to quit shooting? <laughs> he's only shooting this year, Travis. He's 47 for 135 from the field, period. He's shooting 34% from the field. And his free throw numbers went down as well. As he was 85% last year, he's 81% this year. Mm -hmm. I don't know what has happened with his shooting game, but he is not what he was last year. And he, we didn't see a whole lot of him last year. So maybe it felt better because we didn't see a lot of it. Mm -hmm. But still, at some point, I would think Coach Underwood has to sit him down and say, you're hurting us. Uh, well, no, that's not the case. I know, you know it's not the he case. He said in the in the press conference that he there's no bigger fan than uh, than him of uh, R.J. Melendez. Maybe so. that's maybe maybe that right there says what's the Illini problem is this year. <laughs> coach wants to be their friends, not their coach. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's just kind of seeing how just how rough it's been on R.J. this season, and still kind of showing his belief uh, in the kid, not completely giving up uh, on him. So uh, that's how I kind of. Uh, look at it as oh for six from the field and then the thing that i didn't really uh particularly like there in, in the late game situation uh there was uh, the possession before <laughs> uh indiana w went down and i think they got two free throws ended up 
uh, would be the difference. Uh, but Epps, he was yeah. like he was playing hero ball. There's he no was. one else that touched the ball in that one possession. I mean, I know they they were probably guarding uh, Meyer, who was pretty good all day long. He had 24 points. It wasn't very efficient from beyond the arc, but it was feeling it at some point. So it didn't feel like he shot four for 11 uh, from three. But uh, Epps, no one else touched the ball. Yeah. And uh, there was a questionable foul uh, there. But, you know, there was other questionable fouls as well, including that one technical that was called on uh, Coleman Hawkins. And that was a very soft uh, technical. Mm-hmm. And uh, even Terrence Shannon, uh, not Terrence Shannon, but Trace Jackson Davis uh, said after the game is kind of like, you know, that was just basketball, just a basketball play. So he didn't have a problem with it. And so, yeah. Uh, that was a bad tee mm-hmm. that Coleman Hawkins there when he threw it over Terrence Shannon. And uh, why do I keep calling Terrence? Trace Jackson. Junior. That's why. The junior's getting you messed up. Well, the TSD, yeah. TSD yeah. and all these uh, you know, letters. Here, Here's my thing, Travis. And, and I'm I'm sorry to be the guy, but I'll, I'll be the guy. That's fine because I'm already told I'm not an Illini fan anyways. So I'll be the not guy. Not true Illini fan, yeah. There is no facilitator on this team. You mentioned about Hero Ball. There is no Trent Frazier who would pass up a shot if he sees someone open. That is not on this team. As a team, Travis, we had nine assists. As a team. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of team. They're playing for the back of the jersey, not the front. I'm not saying everyone. But a large majority. Yeah, maybe. And maybe that's Shannon being out. I think so. Maybe he's that guy. I think normally it would be. Uh... But the assist numbers for the Illini this year are not great. They're playing me first ball on the offensive side. Yeah. I think I think you don't have that distributor of the ball. I mean, Io. As much as we knew Big Shot Io, regularly in the game, he was kind of pass first at times. He knew when he was to look, if he was getting teamed, if he was getting good pressure defense on him, he knew when to look for someone else to take the shot. Yeah, he, he was smart smart enough to uh, step up in the big moments, but uh, other times, yeah. We don't have that this year. No, we don't. I think that's a bad thing. Yeah. Because we go inside and we, we, as a team, we go, instead of team, we go, I'm going to be the hero of this game. I'm going to take this game over. I have faith in my shot to do it. I'm going to take over from behind the arc and just jack up the Yes. that's like they were they were saying on the broadcast that you know that the the Illini they jack up threes but then they're the best two point shooting team in the league but they take more threes than anyone so I don't know how that all quite works out but uh, the Illini uh, now are a seventeen and nine on the season and quickly they'll have to uh, rebound as it's back in action tonight they're at the uh, State Farm Center and we're taking on Minnesota this is a makeup. Of the yep. game that the Gophers had to uh, postpone uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, eight o'clock there, so uh, late late tip mm-hmm. against the uh, Gophers. And again, uh, right now as we're uh, recording, I haven't heard or seen anything on uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. whether he's still in concussion protocol or not, but listed as day to day there uh, for um, this one tonight at yeah. least. So. 
maybe uh, can't get him back tonight. Hopefully get him back on uh, <coughs> the next one for the Northwestern game, which will be on Thursday. Yep. So yeah, that would be like his ninth day or something in concussion protocol. I guess he suffered it in the in game against Penn State uh, there. So Here's what I'm going to ask you, Travis, because you're the most diehard Illini fan. You, in fact, said on this program what you said about after the Missouri game. Mm-hmm. Travis, we are a week away from March. Yep. Where's your confidence in this team? Still still thinking second weekend? I could still see a second weekend run. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I just, I just, I just wanted to check. I just wanted to gauge your levels. Mm-hmm. Because right now we can't beat good teams. Yeah, but hey, we almost beat Indiana without our best player. So That's true. But again, what Illinois team is showing up? Is it the one who gave up 40-whatever to Trace Jackson the first time out? Or is it this team that we saw on Saturday? I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. No one knows. Illini now with sixth seed projected to take on uh, Memphis. Ooh, there we go. Memphis. Yeah. Penny. Yeah. Then if you get that, you may have to take on Tennessee, who's the three seed there. Ah, yeah, Rocky Top. They fell. They fell yesterday. Thanks, Rocky Top. Yeah, they they did. They lost to Kentucky there. So uh, everyone just kind of cannibalizing themselves in college uh-huh. basketball this season. And uh, now, to be fair, that was from the seventeenth. So we haven't gotten an updated bracketology. So sure. And uh, so uh, the Illini try to bounce back uh, quickly. And yep. of course, you can hear that game right here on ninety-eight nine tonight against Minnesota. We'll talk about the rest of uh, college basketball, and we might take a look at the polls a little bit later in uh, the uh, program as well. But right now, we got to step away, and we got to come back talk some uh, local basketball, local high school basketball. Coming up next here on the starting lineup. We'll be right back to the starting lineup on ninety-eight nine. The game. We need to figure out what we're going to talk about the next segment. This is Effingham Fire Chief Brent Yoakum. We have all heard about home fires taking lives and destroying all that a family owns. These tragedies remind us to double check for fire safety. The Effingham Fire Department says, make sure your home has properly installed and working smoke alarms. Replace the batteries each time you change the hour on your clocks. Practice a fire escape plan. Teach children never to hide if there's a fire. In case of fires, the most important thing to do is to protect life. Get out and stay out. You might watch your bottom line shrink if you don't account for burglaries, on-site accidents, and other unpredictable misfortunes at your business. Pekin Insurance offers comprehensive business coverage that lets you focus on what's important, employees, profits, and peace of mind. Ask your local Pekin Insurance agent about commercial insurance products or learn more at PekinInsurance.com. In Effingham, contact Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Imagine the possibilities with the Topless State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around, talk to your friends, You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone, America's number one breaks destination. 
we have the pads, rotors, drums, shoes, and brake fluids to improve your stopping power. Right now, save 15% when you get any two Duralast rotors with a set of Duralast brake pads. Missing a tool? Ask about our free loan -a tool program and borrow the tools you need to get the job done. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Claim based on data from the MPD Group 2021. Deposit required for loan -a tool. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. You're driving along and some nimrod cuts you off. You hit the horn. <laughs> Jeez, it sounds like a goose in distress. Time to head over to eBay Motors. They have horns for every make and model, not to mention horn pads, steering wheels, wiring, and more. 122 million parts. You can even go for an upgrade. That looks like Mr. Cutoff Man needs a new seat cover. Try eBay Motors, pal. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors, let's ride. Individual rates, coverage, offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions not available in all areas. If you're a small business owner, listen up. Pi Insurance wants to give you one of those aha moments, the kind that could save you money. Workers' comp is probably one of the biggest costs you face. But did you know that insurance providers have flexibility in setting their prices? That's right. But many don't bother giving small businesses the savings you deserve. Instead, you can get lumped in with other businesses and overcharged. Pi Insurance was created to change that. With Pi, you get a quote tailored specifically to your business, and you could save up to 30% with no hassle and no hidden fees. Plus, when you sign up for pay-as-you-go billing, your premium is based on your actual payroll, not an estimate. So your workers' comp audit experience is simplified. Take three minutes to see how much you could save with Pi Insurance. Ask your agent for Pi or get a quote at IWantPi.com. That's IWantPie.com. And now... Eric Fry Sports Center update. Missouri hosts South Carolina tomorrow in the battle for the Mayor's Cup Trophy. Tigers enter at 4-5 and five, while the Gamecocks are 5-4. and four. Who really kind of cares about that game. Uh, Carson Wentz was down with the sickness as he's dealing with an illness as Indy will host the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. The starting lineup. <laughs> Welcome back in uh, to the starting lineup on 98.9 and the game. I thought that right was a there. good one. I mean, uh, that one was... Was definitely uh, noteworthy. Was I I definitely wrote that down to uh, <laughs> save that one for a future bumper. On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in to the starting lineup here on 98.9 uh, Travis Sparks, Eric Fry, hanging out with you. Let's take a look at uh, some local uh, basketball uh, now, local high school basketball. And we'll first uh, start off right out from the top on a Friday as a couple of uh, area teams closed out the uh, regular season as it was uh, St. Anthony getting the win over uh, Casey 66-50. to uh, 50. Same thing jumped out to the 19-7 lead after one. Casey cut it down a little bit at halftime, uh, but then same thing with a big third quarter. Ended up pulling away. Uh, Wessendorf led the way. He had 24. Brock Fearday added 18 for the uh, Bulldogs. Uh, Jackson Parcel led the way uh, for uh, Casey. He had 16. So, uh, St. Anthony and now closed out the regular season 19 and 12. Casey 
finished up the regular season at 16A and a 10, but that's not the last time we would hear from those two schools this weekend. Uh, St. Elmo, they defeated CHBC 54-46 to to close out the regular season. Uh, this one was actually tied at 11 after one, but then St. Elmo jumped out to the lead at halftime, 31-15. And uh, so uh, SEB, uh, they finished the regular season 19-11, have CHBC down for 8-20. and uh, Dietrich, they also closed out the regular season over Batoka, 75-35. Dietrich jumped out to the early lead, 27-6, and they would never look back after that. Uh, Cole, Niebuhr, or Cole Will had 18 points. Niebuhr, he had 15. A kid had 14. Wessendorf had 12 uh, for the victorious Maroons. Uh, for girls basketball, the uh, regional championships is a Tri-County. They are Arcola regional champions as they defeated the host school Arcola 47-39 was the uh, final there uh, for the uh, Titans. So uh, they march on. And uh, let's see, uh, Titans have them down for uh, 25 and a 6 on the season uh, now. And our Arcola <laughs> Regional champs and who will they face in the uh, sectionals? Well, that was decided on Friday as well. I was in the yoga. They defeated uh, CHBC a uh, 60 to a uh, 36 to win their own regional championship in the yoga. Indians got out to an 18 to one lead to start the game, so immediately toss out the game yep. plan uh, for the Bobcats, and uh, it was uh, Sampson really getting things going for Nioga. She made a couple of threes in the first quarter, and uh, she had eight to start out the game, and uh, you had Bryn Richards with 12, Sampson, and uh, uh, Hackman and Richards all have 12 into the game. So uh, right there, four players with 12 points for the Indians. And so uh, they improved to a 30 and a three on the season. And uh, the Bobcats, unfortunately, finished 21 and 11 on the season. Uh, Gracie Heckert's career comes to a close there for the Bobcats. Uh, she had nine points. She's going to go to Parkland, though, and uh, be a Cobra. And uh, she's a 1,000-point scorer there at uh, CHBC. Um, and they're also uh, have uh, Marissa Summers, Carly mm -hmm. Smith, the Ruby Stuckemeyer coming back for their senior seasons. And also Macy Rodman uh, was uh, good as a sophomore this season. So they have some uh, tools coming back there for the Bobcats. But uh, unfortunately, uh, falling right out of the gates there and uh, couldn't get anything going after that. Mm -hmm. was just, couldn't get anything going in the basket. It was just a tough night uh, for CHBC on Friday. Um, we had in the uh, Class 3A Bloomington Regional Championship, Lincoln continues their undefeated season. They're now 32-0. They won over Champaign Central 74-37. And uh, Froby, she had 33 points in this one. And uh, who will they face in the sectionals? Well, they'll face a very familiar foe as it's Mount Zion as they won the Decatur Eisenhower Regional. And that one was by 48-2-44 comeback effort, I think, by the uh, Braves. And uh, so Mount Zion improves to 23 and eight. So uh, these two will match up in the uh, sectional as uh, Lincoln has already obviously won the previous two matchups on January 31st. They won 62 25. And then on December 13th, they won 69 to or 69 to 29 uh, there. So uh, we'll see what happens there in the sectional uh, coming up. And also in the Mattoon Regional Championship, it was Mattoon winning over Effingham in an upset, 56 to 54. And Mattoon had the 15 to 10 lead after one, and Effingham cut it to one point at halftime, 25-24. And then it was 43 to 38 
after three. And uh, then uh, Mapes and Martin led the way for the Hearts. They had 11, and FEM season comes to a close, and they finished out the year 20 and 11. And Mattoom, they're 15 and 16 on the season, but they're regional champs, and they're going on to uh, the uh, sectional. And they'll be there at the Centralia sectional, and they'll take on Highland, who was the number one overall seed in uh, that uh, subsectional. And they won over Waterloo 52 to 49. <laughs> And that will be on Tuesday there in St. Trillia at 6 o'clock. On the other side of that, it's Mount Vernon and East St. Louis. In the Rochester sectional, that's where Lincoln and Mount Zion will match up there at 6 o'clock in Rochester. And then also another Apollo Conference team will be there in the Rochester sectional as Muhammad. They won their own regional championship as they won over Normal Community West 58-26. to And Muhammad, they improved to 23-9 and on the season. And they'll meet Rochester there at a 7.30 tomorrow evening. So three of the four in the Rochester sectional are Apollo representatives. What so. you like to see? Yeah, very strong conference uh, this season. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Yoga and Tri-County will match up tomorrow night in uh, Casey at 6 o'clock. And then the winners that won on Thursday, it was Tuscola and uh, St. Anthony. They'll match up at 730 uh, there. So uh, you got uh, – funny how this worked out. I said it on Friday, but – uh, these are the same four teams that were in the Tuscola sectional last year, but the matchups are reversed. Right. As now it's Neoga versus Tri County, whereas Neoga and Tuscola last year and St. Anthony faced Tri County last year. So it just reversed the matchups. How crazy how that uh, works out. But uh, strong programs there just goes to show oh, yeah. you back to back sectional appearances for all of them. And then in the boys' basketball on a Saturday, uh, we started off with uh, the Nicomas Regional here as it was a St. Elmo-Brownstown getting the win over Patoka. 64-29 to a 29 was the uh, final there. St. Elmo got off to the big lead, and uh, they uh, never looked back. So uh, they'll advance on there in uh, the uh, regional. And also Altamont, they picked up the win over Mowbray Grove, 84-28. to a 28. And speaking of teams that got off to a great start, that was the Altamont. My Indians, as they jumped out early, twenty-six uh, to nine was the opening quarter uh, lead uh, for the Indians. As it was just a balanced scoring effort uh, from Altamont. It was like um, seven players in uh, the scorer column there in the opening quarter. Uh, Wyatt Phillips came in. He had a couple of threes there in the opening quarter. He had eight points. Avery Yarhouse, he had a three and he had five. Uh, kind of Arc came in and. Uh, Eric Coleman was in foul trouble early on, but uh, Earhart came in. He had six, and then Coleman returned in the second quarter. He ended up putting eight in the second quarter alone, including a steal and a layup uh, there. And uh, Yarhouse ended up finishing the first half with uh, ten. And uh, it was just a uh, tough going for Mulberry Grove all night, as uh, ended up being fifty to twelve at halftime uh, there. So uh, Altamont had. Uh, didn't even play their starters in the second half, and uh, they end up still end up scoring 23 on the night. And Wyatt Phillips uh, added a few more threes in the third. I count them all five uh, in uh, uh, the uh, game, but three of them occurred in the third quarter. He had 18 points to lead the way uh, for the Indians, so it was good to get him back healthy 
and uh, leading the way in the scores department. And then even Caden Davis came in, and uh, the shooter in the JV contest, you see, and he translated that into uh, the varsity action on uh, Saturday, and he ended up with nine points with three of them, uh, three threes in the fourth quarter. So uh, just Altamont. Great he, night for Altamont. Yeah, it was. He, he said, he, uh, Coach Niebuhr said, you can't win them all unless you win the first one. And uh, that's what they did. And they took care of business against Mulberry Grove. So uh, now they're 26-4 and four on uh, the uh, season. Now in an advance there to uh, Nokomis to take on a familiar team. It's Carlisle as uh, they won over Inberg on Saturday. And uh, so these two match up in mid-December. Yep. And Altamont won that like 53-35 to uh, 35 was the final there at that point. But... Uh, that's coming up on Wednesday, and we'll have coverage for you over on uh, Jack FM. And uh, also, uh, St. Elmo will be there on Wednesday as well, as they'll be matching up against Nokomis, who took care of business against uh, Ramsey, 67-29 to on a Saturday. And then there in the uh, Cumberland Regional, as it was uh, Casey defeating Central A&M, 67-35. It was Neoga over Martinsville, 57-46. Uh, Reynolds led the way for Neoga. He had 16. Richards had 15. And uh, Martinsville actually led after the uh, first quarter, 8-6. to And then they also led at halftime, 20-18. But then Neoga comes back and Ties the game at 32 after three, and then 25 fourth-quarter points for Nioga gives them the dub, and they advance on. So those two will match up in the Cumberland uh, Regional on Wednesday. Uh, number two seed, Casey, against the seven seed, Nioga. And then it was Windsor's two straws. They beat Calderic Beecher City, 58-45. Two Wittenbergs led the way for the Hatchets. Austin had 21. Jordan had 10. Uh, Wojcik led the way for the Bobcats. He had 11. Radloff had 10. Uh, Windsor jumped out to the 11-7 lead after one, and then 25-17 at the half, and then they would go on and win the game. And they advance on, and who will they face? Well, that's where Eric was on a Saturday, and that was between uh, Cumberland and Macon. And unfortunately, the Pirates season came to a close as Macon pulled off the upset 48-40 was the uh, final score there as Cumberland season comes to an end. Yeah, Coach Earl knew what he was talking about, talking about the best 10 seed in the state. I guess so, yeah. Um, he was know, right on the money. He was. Cumberland got off to a slow start, which is not like the Pirates, but they were down 5 nothing uh, early in the first quarter. They battled back to only be down 7-6 to six at the end of the first quarter. Cumberland tied it up at 10, took their first lead at 11-10, to 10, uh, making him back, tied it up at 13, and then Cumberland would go on a little bit of a, a run after making got a 17-13 lead in the second quarter. And Cumberland Travis would end up scoring uh, seven unanswered to end the ha- end the, the first half. So they were up 22-17 to at the end of that first half. You're like, all right, here we go. Like It's yeah. all it's all okay. It's okay. Um, third quarter, though, Macon came out and uh, put a run of their own together, tied it up at 32 at the when all was said and done. Um, Cumberland at one point led 26 to 17 in that third quarter. Macon battled back, made it 28-24. So a seven-point run for Macon. They ended up tying it up at 32 after going on a 6-0 run to end the quarter, um, and then took the lead 33-32 uh, start of the fourth quarter. And Cumberland would never lead again. That was the last time the Pirates sniffed the lead. They were only down four or five most of that fourth quarter, but they just could not seem to get over the hump 
They would, you know, make a stop on defense and then they'd turn the ball right back over. They would, you know, score a basket on the offensive end and then give up one on the defensive end. They just could not get it all working at the same time. And, uh, yeah, uh, it was McElravey leading the team with 11 points. Hendricks only had 10. He fouled out early in that fourth quarter. Um, McGee had four points. He fouled out uh, midway through the fourth quarter. So, right there when you're losing, you know, Hendricks and McGee, that's a lot of your offense right there, not to mention what they do on the defensive side and the boards. Uh, Jackson Bolt had nine. And then uh, it was uh, Meekin had four. Meekin, on the other hand, had four guys in double figures, so it's hard to compete with a team that has, you know, 40 points right there with four different guys getting in double figures. Uh, Cumberland out-rebounded them 23-17, to 17, but 19 turnovers for the Pirates, Travis. Wow. Not going to win a lot of games when you have 19 turnovers. No. Um, Cumberland forced 14 of them on Macon, so they were trying to, but uh, unfortunately uh, the Pirate season ends and uh, a lot sooner than I think a lot of people thought that were there Saturday, um, including the players and including coach. Um, you know, I talked to coach afterwards and he said, you know, this one stings a lot more than previous exits have. And my theory, just me thinking out loud here, um, is because you're hosting. You're hosting a regional and you didn't even get to play in it. Because technically, I know this is the regional quarters, but everyone was at their own home gym. Like, it wasn't like... Everyone yeah. was gathering at the regional location to play these games. Mm-hmm. So you're not you're still having to watch other teams play on your court without having the chance to play. Right, and I think yeah. that's what hurts almost as much as just losing the game is the fact that there's going to be people in that gym playing basketball this week and they will not be Cumberland Pirates and yeah. you won't even get a you, you know you're turning in your uniforms like you're you're done. And mm-hmm. there's still going to be basketball played on your home gym. I right. that's what makes it sting just a little bit more. Right. And it always stings a little bit more when your uh, season comes to an end before you're ready for it at the yeah. end. Cumberland 0 for 8 from 3-point for the game, 15 of 35 from the field. I mean, it was just a bad night for the Pirates. And I don't know if it was, you know, maybe overlooking Macon a little bit because, hey, we already beat them. Or I don't know if Macon just came out to prove that they were for real. They've been playing good ball. We've talked about it. Yeah. Do I think that they, you know, th- this was a big topic conversation afterwards, um, you know, amongst some of the the fans and, and and stuff like that, and some of the assistants and whatnot, and that is a ten seed for Macon. Looking at their record, is really high. There was a lot of people talking about that. As coach said, we play who's in front of us. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, Cumberland had opportunities. Like I said, they only lost by eight. There was a late two with five seconds left to go in the game for Macon. So it was a six-point game up to it. Mm. Unfortunately, like I said, you take Gavin out, you take McGee out. Not only is that a lot of your offense, it's a lot of your defense as well. So uh, it just wasn't wasn't quite enough for the Pirates. Now you have to look forward. You know, like you were talking about with, with County Harry Beecher City. Travis, you're going to have McMeekin. You're going to have uh, Jones who played some time, and you're going to have the Beerman boys. But I don't know what else you got besides that if you're Cumberland. You're losing six seniors right. who were the heart and soul of this team who, you know, if Jackson Bolt doesn't get injured, that's probably your starting five all season is at least five of those seniors mm. with Weber and McMeekin coming off the bench. Like, I and, and McMeekin's a great defensive player. He's not really an offensive guy. He's not going to step up and take big shots. He will if he's open, 
But looking forward for this Cumberland Pirate team next season, I don't know what to expect. Right. This was yeah, I feel that, that the Cumberland area, the coaches, and probably the players thought this was their best chance to make a run. It's set up regional wise decently. You had you would have had to go through Casey, but how many times have we talked about, oh, you have to go through St. Anthony. Cumberland's always in there with St. Anthony. Or if they get bumped up to two, they're always in there with uh, Totopolis. Like it seems like every year we're talking, or they're in there with Altamont in the regional. Like those are the big three it seems like you're always having to face. If you're Cumberland, you weren't going to have to face any of them this year until regional play. And unfortunately, you get bounced out before you even get a chance to get started. Yep, so uh, Macon and Wednesday's Two Straws will match up there on, on Wednesday night, the other matchup in that regional. In this uh, same subsectional, yeah, Tuscola, they uh, were all over Tri-County, 79 for a team, and uh, they'll advance to take on Villa Grove, who beat Chrisman, 48-45. And the other matchup in the Tuscola regional, Oka Valley beat Heritage, 70-45. to and then it was Arcola over Georgetown, Notre Dame, 52-41. So it'll be Oka Valley against Arcola there on uh, Tuscola mm-hmm. on Wednesday. And then in the South Central Regional, it was Chrysler Rock taking care of business over Red Hill, 68-31. And then we had an upset of a 7 over a 6 as it was Sisney winning at the buzzer, 61-59 to over South Central. And uh, it's even worse that you're, you ended your season before you're ready for it. And it was even worse that it happened on a last-second mm-hmm. shot there. Uh, Copper Bowen hit a jumper with 1.3 three left on the clock to give Sisney the win. Uh, Dotson had a 21 for the Cougars. He ends his great uh, career on the basketball floor. And Watwood had 13. Anderson added 11 as well. South Central had the lead for the majority of the game, but Sisney outscored him 17-7 to in that fourth quarter, including the game winner. So South Central, uh, no magic in the hat this time around as they uh, finish the season 21-11 and there. So it's going to be Sisney against Chrysler Rock on Wednesday in South Central. Again, another team that you're like, ah, you know, uh, it could have uh, made a run in their own regional yep. uh, there possibly if uh, they were looking to match up with Chrysler Rock, but uh, unfortunately won't have that opportunity. And uh, St. Anthony, they defeated Sandoval 74-40. St. Anthony jumped out to the 28-4 lead. And high-scoring affair in the second, 22-21, but it's still a 25-point lead for the Bulldogs at halftime. Uh, Wessendorf had 18 to lead the way. Fearday had 14. Schmidt had 12. And Caney had 11. So St. Anthony advances on. And they'll face a very familiar foe in the regional semis. As it's North Clay, they defeated Dietrich 63-52. to Dietrich had the lead 23-18 after one and then 33-32 at half. Uh, but then North Clay takes control in the third, 20-13 out, scored them. And uh, that made it 52-46. And then they would go on to win in the fourth, obviously. Uh, Fleener at 24. And uh, Booz added 12 in this one. And Wessendorf led the way for Dietrich. Yeah, he had 20. Gephardt at 13. Colwell at 10. So North Clay improves to 20-9. and And Dietrich falls and ends their season 17-13 and on the season. So, St. Anthony and North Clay, regional semis there at 7.30 in uh, Farina. So, that should be a, a great matchup yep. uh, there in uh, that one. Uh, Lawrenceville Regional saw Fairfield over Marshall 59-57. It was Mount Carmel over Oblong Powhut 61-42. 
the Tapos Regional, Shelbyville over Paris, 67 43. Robinson over Sullivan, 61 27. Flora over Alla, 62 40. In the Litchfield Regional, it saw Vandalia season come to a close in overtime as Litchfield won this one 69 to 59. Uh, Vandals actually trailed by four at the half, but then uh, they ended up tying it up at 56 at the end of regulation. But if you knew quick math, Litchfield 13 to three in the extra session. There, uh, Reed Well led the way for the Vandals. He had 22. So uh, Vandalia closed out their season at 516 and 16. It was paying over Carlinville 53-42. Hillsboro over Gillespie, 70-69 there. And it looks like Mount Carmel, they have another date with Newton coming up in Lawrenceville. And that's the matchup in the regional or on Wednesday. Lawrenceville matchup with Fairfield. Uh, Shelbyville advanced to take on Topolis there in T-Town on uh, Wednesday. And then also Robinson will match up against Flora there and uh, it was also in a 3A FEM season coming to a close as they fell to Marion 69 to 61. So FEM closed out 11 and a 19 on the season. And Mattoon's season also came to an end as they lost to Decatur Eisenhower 49 to 39 there in a 3A. So uh, we'll definitely explore more of the brackets and uh, tell you about more of them when they come along on Tuesday and Wednesday. So uh, right now we got to hit a break as we'll be back to talk the NBA All-Star Game coming up next here on the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. Knock. Who's there? You know what? Why bother asking? I think you know who's there. It's one of two guys. It's the pizza guy or it's the Chinese food guy. Because those two guys are the only guys who deliver. Am I right? Well, the food delivery guys are not the only ones that will deliver. Having computer problems and need help? Worth Computer Repair can help with everything from cleanup, virus removal, printer installation and hookup to a complete computer setup. And they'll come to your home. If they have to take it with them, they'll offer you a loaner so you won't skip a beat on the World Wide Web. Worth Computer Repair. Call 618-292-1002. Get 11% off everything at Menards. Get the last roof you'll ever need. Steel roofing offers the best wind resistance, superior hail resistance, and can be ordered cut to your length. It installs fast and is the choice of more and more homeowners in the Midwest. Choose from 25 beautiful colors in-store or online and get 11% off. Good through February 26th. Savings are mail and rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. There are only three northern white rhinos left in the world. But together, we can turn things around. Your support to the San Diego Zoo Global Wildlife Conservancy helps support groundbreaking solutions. Join us now at endextinction.org. And now, Eric Fry Sports Center update. Chicago Alderman George Card. Cardenas, whatever, believes the city should take drastic measures to keep the Bears in the Windy City. The starting lineup. What was that Chicago Bears guy name there? Like, ah, who cares? George Card- Cardenas. Cardenas. I don't know who that is. I was going to say, uh, I, the only George I know from Chicago, George Hallis. Yes, the it's only, only George that matters. Only one that matters. On 98.9 The Game. Eric Fry Sports Center update. The Blues continue to struggle after being blown out in Ottawa. St. Louis fell 7-2 to the Senators. 
on Sunday. St. Louis now fifth in the wild card in the West with 55 points. We'll visit the Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow night. Cardinal fans will have a little extra to cheer about later this summer as nearly one month after being elected, the National Baseball Hall of Fame announced for St. Louis third baseman Scott Rowland that he will enter the Hall of Fame with a Cardinals cap on his plaque. Rollins spent the first seven years of his career with the Phillies before joining the Cardinals. During his time in St. Louis, he won three gold gloves and an 06 World Series. Team Giannis defeated Team LeBron 184-175 in the All-Star Game from Salt Lake City. DeMar DeRozan was selected by Team Giannis, and he had eight points to go with five assists and six rebounds. The Bulls will host the Nuggets coming out, or the Nets coming out of the break on Friday. The Blackhawks got revenge on the Maple Leafs in a 5-3 victory in Chicago. The Blackhawks have won two straight games and will host the Golden Knights tomorrow night. Meanwhile, the Chicago Blackhawks captain dealing with COVID-19 symptoms. Jonathan Taze hasn't played since last month. was placed on injured reserve last week with a non-COVID illness. However, the team released a statement on Sunday, which said that Taze has been dealing with long-term effects of COVID and chronic immune response syndrome. General Manager Kyle Davidson joined ESPN, said the three-time Stanley Cup winner will not be traded due to his health issues. Welcome back in here to the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry, those uh, sports center hits uh, there. Yes, so Scott Rowland going in, St. Louis Cardinal. Yep, yep. Very, very yep. happy to hear about uh, that. So, uh, speaking of uh, the uh, All Star game uh, there on uh, last night, I guess you'd say, as uh, Giannis finally did it, as he couldn't beat LeBron in this format before. And. Uh, LeBron's never lost in this kind of format, but uh, ended up taking the loss last night, 84 to 175. 184. Well, yeah, 184. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. I know. Over I know. 175. Jason Tatum goes off 55 points, saying he was the All Star Game MVP. Why even? You know, we should just play half court ball for this. <laughs> I mean, why? So why? you're in agreement with uh, Mike Malone. What did Mike Malone say? I didn't see. I didn't he see said it was the worst basketball game ever played. I mean, the All Star game always is, but I, again, I will say it's not meant to be a game, which yeah. I'm fine with. But then let's treat it like it's not a game. Like it's not a game. It is how many points can we score in the time frame of a game? He said it's the worst basketball game he's ever seen. Yeah, he's so, seen a lot of them. There you go. Uh, but really, it starts from the top. Because Giannis only played, like, not that much. Like, he had a hand injury, so he checked himself out, and he never yeah. got back in the game. He had, like, a dunk or something, and that right. was it. Right, Checked himself out. LeBron didn't play in the second half because yeah. he hurt his finger. Yep. He got his finger up in the rim, yep. and he didn't play in the second half. It starts at the top. You know what? You want these players to actually play and give some effort? Well, how about the captain's play? I'm here, Here's what I'm going to say. I'm okay with it being what it is, but let's be honest about what it is. Don't pretend it's an actual basketball game. Yeah. It's not. It no. is an offensive I mean, spectacle, which is fine. That's what people want to see. People don't want to see steals and blocks. Occasionally, sure. But for the most part, they want to see points scored. Yeah. 
I mean, even in years past, it seemed like the defense started to ramp up in the fourth quarter, but not in the case like this where you, the team now knows what the Kobe rules. Right. They know what the target score is, and <laughs> they know what they have to reach there. And, I mean, I can't remember. Maybe it was in last year's All-Star game. I don't really remember that much. But, I mean, guys are just pulling up from half court, and they're taking half court shots. Dame Lillard's taking them from half court, and uh, they jacked up like 53s or something like that and uh, so I mean even in years past I don't remember them pulling up from half court like they do no. now and so it's like ah but we're not even dunking or trying to score points we're just trying to jack up threes but again that's what is celebrated in the game nowadays that's what it is how far can I shoot it from and make it I know and we'll talk more about the dunks coming up in a little bit trust me um, but yeah I just to me let's see here you go back, and this isn't new. Let's be honest. This is not new, Travis. The very first All-Star game, the East beat the West 111-94 to back in 1951. <laughs> right? Like, that's right. a lot of points in 1951. Oh, yeah. There has never – hold on. I'm looking. I'm scanning. I'm scanning. Canceled due to the lockout. Scanning. There has never been an all-star game, Travis, that had less than 100 points in it. Like, right. I'm fine with it being what it is, but let's be honest about what it is. It's not a basketball game. It's an offensive showcase. It's an exhibition, Yeah. which is what it's supposed to be. But then let's do a half court or let's turn it into horse or whatever you want to do. Right. But quit treating it like it's a game. Quit with the quarters. Let's just do halves. Like, well, in it was different rules this time around. I think like everyone ever after every quarter it started off zero zero, and um, they added on to the total score, but they kind of reset the points, and it was kind of whoever won the quarter won that for their charity and money for their charity. Right. And uh, in the first quarter they split it because it was tied at forty six after one. So. Uh, that was a little bit different that they did uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, Giannis didn't even uh, register a single minute in the box score as he got a dunk. And then, like I said, he checked himself <laughs> out and became uh, 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 a watcher. Travis, I, trying I, to say? I take back what I said. There were two All-Star games that got less than 100 points. 1953, the West beat the East 79-75. Ooh. And in 54, the East beat the West 98-93 in overtime. In overtime. In overtime. All right. So, the, fine. There's been two All-Star games since 1951 that had less than 100 points, but one went to 98, So, and it took overtime to get there. This is not a game. Yeah. And if the NBA would just say that, you want to make all the crazy rules for it? Fine. But let's quit drawing. Let's quit calling fouls. Let's do halves instead of quarters. Like, if you want to turn it into a street ball exhibition or whatever, an offensive showcase, fine. But quit acting like it's a game. Right. And like I said, there was even no defense, it seemed like, in the uh, fourth quarter in crunch time. And that seems to be uh, the one thing that was lacking this time around, even even more so with the offense uh, and the rest of the game there. So 184 is not the most points put up, by the way. No? 
196 back in 2016. 126 threes they jacked up last night. So (laughs) 66 and 60. So uh, that just goes to show you. All right, so we're really up against it. So we need to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to uh, have the top three moments in the sports weekend. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. Winter storms create a higher risk of car accidents, hypothermia, frostbite, carbon monoxide poisoning, and heart attacks from overexertion. Winter storms, including blizzards, can bring extreme cold, freezing rain, snow, ice, and high winds. These storms can last a few hours or several days. Winter weather can cut off heat, power, and communication services for undetermined periods of time. Prepare now for what this winter may bring. This is Sergeant Jared Purcell of the FEM Police Department, wishing all of our area residents a safe and happy winter season. Hi everyone, this is Jim Heck for Dan Heck Chevrolet Toyota in Effingham. Yes, we're getting closer to spring, but don't turn your head on old man winter yet. And know that we're ready to assist you should you need service, like a new battery, tires, an oil change, or something more severe. We also have a great selection of new and pre-owned vehicles in stock and coming in should you consider upgrading your current vehicle. We make it happen here at Dan Heck Chevrolet Toyota, South Route 45 in Effingham, online at danheck.com. And now, Eric Fry Sports Center update. Former Indianapolis Colts linebacker Gary Brackett, the owner of the Stacked Pickle Sports Bar chain, has filed for bankruptcy protection. In the filing, all 10 of uh, Brackett's Stacked Pickle locations in Indiana and Ohio were forced to close after the pandemic. Brackett played for the Colts for his entire pro career from 2003 to 2011. He helped the team win Super Bowl 41 against the Chicago Bears. The starting lineup. Welcome back in to the starting lineup, starting off with the Stacked Pickle. The Stacked Pickle. How about yes. that? I've not been there. And I can't I, I can't go now. Have not heard of it, yeah. I, mean, I guess well, we can't go now. Nope, you'll never find out about we'll it. You'll never know. On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup. We're up against it, so we need to get to it, and we need to hit it up with uh, the uh, top three moments from the sports weekend. And now, it's time for the top three. Top three moments from the uh, sports weekend in uh, no particular order, but I'll start off with uh, my uh, number three, and uh, that was a dunk that uh, counted, but it was a technical as it was the uh, Coleman Hawkins dunk over Trace Jackson Davis on uh, Saturday in the Illini game. It was great to put him on a poster, and even though it was a technical. Still buying that poster. Uh, number one for me is the end of the Cumberland Pirates season on Saturday. It was just a uh, heartbreaker there for the Pirates. Yes. And uh, then uh, my number two also involves a, a dunk, and this was more of a, a local dunk as a Logan Fleener. He threw one down on a Saturday against a Dietrich, and it was against two defenders. Saw the video and uh, saw some uh, pictures as well. as an impressive dunk against uh, two defenders and then uh, gave a little uh, pounding of the chest as well. Therefore, Mr. Logan Fleener throwing one down on Saturday. My number two is the absolute abomination and joke that is the NBA Slam Dunk Contest, and we'll talk more about that in the pod. Hey, but it was uh, a a sham, Travis. It was a win for white guys everywhere. They can jump. It's a sham. White guys can jump. He won a dunk contest. (laughs) 
and he made more than he uh, almost ever had in career earnings we'll just talk. by winning we'll the talk. dunk contest. And then my number one moment, and uh, Logan Fleener's dunk was going to be number one until this happened on a Sunday. It was Kaka as A.J. McCarron goes to Austin Prohl, yes, the son of Ricky Prohl, and he was even a coach on the sidelines of the Battle Hawks, and it was the game winner. This uh, did not look good at all for the majority of the game, but the Battle Hawks pull one out, and uh, A.J. McCarron uh, wins it in the end, and the Battle Hawks won 18-15. My number three is the absolute poor decisions by NASCAR over the entire weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They made mistakes in all three races that affected the outcomes and how it needs to lead to a rule change, and we'll talk about that in the pod. Yes, they absolutely uh, did not need to call that in the truck race on uh, Friday. I'm a little upset uh, about that one, but uh, we'll get to more of that in uh, the uh, pod. But uh, that was the top three uh, from the uh, sports weekend. So uh, we still got more of me on the bone coming up in the pod in the way of NASCAR. So uh, catch us over there. And uh, coming up next here on ESPN Radio is uh, Fitz and Harry. So enjoy and probably enjoy some more XFL talk as well. And we'll talk to you in the pod. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in to the starting lineup. Welcome into overtime of the starting lineup. Coming up here, we got more stuff to talk about. We got more things to hit up on on NASCAR, the great American race that happened yesterday and all of the weekend events there. And we'll also hit up on the XFL, hit up on some college basketball, might hit up on some golf as well. And uh, that's all coming up here in the pod. And, of course, recap of NASCAR Pick'em and entertainment as well. So, uh, first, before I get to any of that, is there anything on SportsCenter that you wanted to clean up? Yeah, let's go ahead and talk uh, Sports Center. We're starting up in Chicago as Mayor Lori Lightfoot isn't giving up on keeping the Bears in Chicago, Travis. She's not giving up yet. The mayor said the city can make a very compelling business case for the NFL franchise staying in the city, Lightfoot added that retrofitting Soldier Field will maximize revenues for the Bears and significantly enhance the fan experience at the stadium. Her remarks come after the team finalized a deal this last week, as we talked about, to buy Arlington International Racecourse site in order to possibly build a new stadium in Arlington Heights, which is northwest of Chicago. At what point do you just give it up? I mean, she's going down to the bitter, bitter end on yep, this one. I guess so. Elvis Andrews is heading back to Chicago. ESPN reports the veteran infielder has agreed to a one-year, $3 million deal with the White Sox. Andrews recorded a two seventy-one batting average with nine home runs in 43 games for Chicago last season. The 34-year-old has played in 14 years in the majors with the Rangers, A's, and White Sox. Andrews is expected to play second base for Chicago while playing the majority of his career at shortstop. White Sox hosts the Padres the first spring training game 
on Saturday. A power bat is making waves at Cubs spring training as Edwin Rios took a live batting practice yesterday and crushed a deep homer off of Drew Smiley. Third baseman was signed to a one-year deal heading into the weekend. They expected to at least compete for a bench role. Cubs manager David Ross spoke to the media from Mesa and said, quote, we're excited to get Edwin real left-handed power bat, end quote. The Cubs score off against the Giants in their first spring training game on Saturday. Cubs fans, if you're listening, just remember, he hit it off Drew Smiley, so that's not really anything to get too excited about. It is Drew Smiley, after all. Nothing uh, special. Yes. Colts head coach uh, Sane Starkeesian is piecing together his staff. According to the New York Daily News, Giants running back coach DeAndre Smith is leaving the team to join the Indianapolis staff. Starkeesian and Smith worked on the same UNLV staff in 2009 when Smith was the Rebels running back coach and uh Deccan was an offensive graduate assistant, so there you go. The Broncos might be bringing Rex Ryan back to the NFL. ESPN reports that Denver interviewed Ryan for the team's defensive coordinator position over the weekend. Ryan would reportedly leave his current role as an ESPN analyst, quote, for the perfect situation, end quote. The 60-year-old coach hasn't worked in the NFL since 2016 when he was fired as head coach of the Buffalo Bills. The Broncos have also reportedly interviewed former head coach Vance Joseph for the D.C vacancy rex ryan could be back back in the uh, nfl um get your feet ready the giants starting quarterback is making a change in representation according to espn daniel jones is in the process of making an agent change with a new contract on the horizon jones has been represented by caa since we drafted six overall in 2019 the expectation for him is to join Athletes first in search of a long-term deal. The 25-year-old did not have his fifth-year option exercised last year by New York's new administration. The G-men will use the franchise tag on Jones if they are unable to get a long-term deal done before March 7th. The non-exclusive tag for quarterback is $32.4 million. Aaron Rodgers' days with the Green Bay Packers are numbered. That's according to Bob McGinn, who joined Tyler Dunn on the Go Long TD podcast. The veteran Packer reporter said, quote, They are done with Rodgers. He's not coming back. I mean, they're disgusted with him, and they're done with him, end quote. McGinn was speaking on information he gathered from, quote, discussions with someone who has firsthand knowledge, end quote, of the Packers. Rodgers is wrapping up a four-day darkness retreat. Expects to have a clear decision on his NFL future once he emerges. They're done. They're disgusted with him, Travis. I don't believe it. I don't either. Kevin Love is expected to take his talents to South Beach. Too bad he's about a decade too late. ESPN reports that Love plans to sign with the Heat after clearing waivers. 34-year-old agreed to a contract buyout with the Cavs on Saturday and was the last remaining player from the 2016 championship winning team. The forward also spoke with the 76ers. The five-time All-Star was in the final year of a $31.2 million contract and can now be signed for the veteran minimum. He's averaging eight and a half points and just under seven rebounds in 41 games this season. And finally... John Rahm is celebrating victory at the Riviera Country Club after winning the Genesis Invitational. Rahm finished top the tournament leaderboard at 17 under par. Max Homa shot a 68 on the final day to finish second, 15 under. Patrick Cantley was third, one stroke back of Homa at 14 under. Tiger Woods finished tied for 45th place at one under. This is already the third tournament win of the season for Rahm. He also picked up the victory at the Century Tournament of Champions and the American Express in January. That's right. Uh, Tiger did end up making the uh, weekend despite a tough uh, Friday afternoon 
then play was halted, so... Yeah, right. And then he had to play more holes on Saturday. And, uh, hey, he ended up getting through it. And, yeah, one under. Played the whole weekend. Yeah, he played the whole weekend, 72 holes. It was uh, his first uh, PGA Tour event in uh, three years. So, it was a... uh, Good outing for uh, for Tiger. At in some aspects, it looked good at, at one point, but uh, then only finishing like uh, one under there for the entire tournament there. Yeah. So, uh, hey, but give it to uh, John Rahm. Uh, he's off to a fast start and uh, probably number one in the world now. After. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So he wins. That and uh, yeah, Max Homa falls a little bit short there. I was watching a little bit of that coverage on a Sunday. Uh, let's get to uh, the uh, college basketball before we get to um, the XFL. Uh, Alabama on Saturday they destroyed Georgia 108 to 59. My goodness, it was a uh, UCLA over Cal 7843. It was uh, Kansas getting the win over Baylor 8771. Texas and OT get the win over Oklahoma, 85-83. Virginia, they uh, barely get by Notre Dame, 57-55. Arizona over Colorado, 78-68. Tennessee, uh, they uh, fell to their rivals, Kentucky, 66-54. They took a big lead and never gave it up. Uh, Number 12 at the time, Kansas State beat Iowa State, 61-55. Gonzaga over Pepperdine, 97-88. Miami over Wake Forest, 96-87. Xavier over DePaul, 82-68. St. Mary's over BYU, 71-65. Creighton over St. John, 77-67. UConn over Seton Hall, 64-55. TCU puts a hundo on Oklahoma State, 100-75. And Providence over Villanova, 85-72. They're on a Saturday uh, we did have a couple games on uh, Sunday as uh, number uh, two at the time. Houston won over Memphis, 72-64. Uh, Purdue, they were all over Ohio State, 82-55. And it was NC State over North Carolina, 77-69. And uh, since uh, Purdue had a loss, and uh, Houston, they are the new uh, number one team as uh, they're back in the number one spot. And Alabama, their loss against Tennessee, that dropped them to number two. Kansas now is coming in at three. Uh, Purdue dropped a couple of spots to five. Virginia's at six. Arizona at seven. Texas dropped a couple of spots to eight. Uh, Tennessee, with their loss, only drops one spot. They're only 11th now. Uh, Marquette jumped into the top 10. Uh, Gonzaga, they're at number 12. Miami's 13. Kansas State fell a couple of spots at 14. Uh, St. Mary's moved up a couple to 15. Indiana fell three spots to 17. UConn moved up a couple to 18. Uh, Providence moved up four spots to 20. And Northwestern, they are jumping up here Good. in 21 is their ranking this <coughs> week. Uh, San Diego State fell a couple spots. Iowa State fell a couple spots or four spots to 23. TCU at 24. Texas A&M jumping in at 25. NC State, uh, they lost previous game to North Carolina, so uh, they dropped out, and so did Florida Atlantic. Uh, but NC State there knocking on the door. 54 votes of the top 25. Illinois did get two. 
Well, at least that's good. If you're uh, if you're counting votes at home, so uh, there you go. Uh, what's happening uh, tonight? Uh, besides the Illinois game, only one a top twenty-five matchup tonight. It's number three at Kansas at number twenty-four at TCU. Anything happening in the Big Ten? Nope. The only thing that's happening is Minnesota and Illinois. There, Illinois favored by fifteen points. Hmm. That seems big. Eh, maybe not. It's Minnesota. It is against Minnesota. Seven and seventeen on the year. They are only one win in the Big Ten. So, hmm. no. We'll see what happens tonight. Uh, this weekend in the XFL, it was a kickoff weekend. As well. I think they uh, could have had a more high-scoring weekend, but uh, Renegades, that's where The Rock was on uh, Saturday as uh, this was kind of the unofficial kickoff. Maybe as a little stake in the team, too. I don't know, uh, but uh, that's where he was opening up the team in his little tight jersey that he had. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Renegades, they beat the Vipers 22-20. to It was the Roughnecks over the Guardians 33-12. And like I mentioned in my top three, Battlehawks come from behind victory as uh, using a little bit of the rules as well within their favor as uh, they uh, went uh, for for it on fourth and 15 to keep the drive alive there. That's what you can do instead of doing with the onside kick. Uh, they go for it on fourth and 15, right. and the Battlehawks converted. And that's how they came back so quickly against Heinz Ward, led Brahmas. And the Battlehawks now one and zero, eighteen a and of eighteen to fifteen, and they beat San Antonio there. And then uh, the Defenders they beat the Sea Dragons twenty two to eighteen. And uh, yeah, that moment in DC did not make my top three uh, because I'm not a fan of beer snakes. So, uh. Uh, and then they threw lemons on the field mm. because security took away their beer snakes, and rightfully so. Watch the game. Philly fans, what are you going to do with them? Well, they're actually Washington fans. Washington fans, what are you going to do with them? Oh, but it was a great atmosphere. And they throw stuff on the field, too. (laughs) Yeah. All right. That was uh, the XFL from the weekend. All right. Rock was at the second game, too. Did you mention that? Second game? On Saturday. He drove. Like 296 miles. He was at both games. I saw it on Sports Center. Oh, because it was in Houston. Because it was in Houston. Yep. So he was at gotcha. both games. Gotcha. What a guy. Well, did I mean, he, he wasn't doing anything else on a Saturday evening. Did so. he personally drive? I to, don't know. They just put Houston? up a stat about how it was 296 miles to drive there. So I don't. I, I doubt oh. he might. He drove. Oh yeah. Come the, on. He took the jet. Yes, please take a private jet or something. But I'd like if he called an Uber actually. Yeah. Recorded the whole conversation he had with the Uber driver. Make it a new show. No, don't give him any more ideas. He's a struggling artist, Travis. He needs some help. Yeah, struggling artist. He's struggling. Yeah, if if only there was something that he could fall back to and have a fallback plan. He has his energy drink that he's no longer on anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yep. Uh, anything more that he used to do uh, that could possibly uh, fill his time. I mean, he could become a cast member on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. He's done that before. I wasn't thinking. He wrote a book. Is that what you're talking about? (laughs) I think it's a little too late for him to join the NFL, Travis. I mean. No. 
No, not I guess talking you go to about Canada, that. play the CFL. He did Good. that. Could you can't really do the USFL because it's kind of a rival promotion. Right. So, which I love how there is like I saw a commercial at the USFL and it said six weeks without football, but we'll be back in April with the USFL, and I'm like. Oh, so you're not at the same time as the XFL. I thought these they were going against each other, like head-to-head. Yeah, but they're not. not. really. No. Whatever. They don't want the smoke. I guess not. From the Brahma. Yep. The Brahma bull. <sighs> Even though he had it covered up by a huge dinosaur tattoo. Yeah, whatever he calls that thing now. Whatever it is. It looks ugly is what it looks like. <laughs> Alrighty. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Do you want to go? Where, where are you? Where are you going now? You want to go NASCAR? You want to go entertainment? You want to go All Star festivities? Oh, we're still gonna talk more about the All Star festivities. Yeah. All right. Let's do that then. Okay. Well, Dame won the three point contest, so that was nice. And then afterwards, he was talking about. I heard a little bit of his interview talking about you know people. He says he doesn't hate super teams. He just knows what he's standing for. And if he ends up winning a championship, great. If he doesn't, that's fine. Doesn't mean he's not competing for one, but he's not. He just knows the type of person he is, which he seems like that. That's that kind of guy. He just seems like that kind of guy. But the problem I have, Travis, is with this slam dunk contest. So I turn on the TV Sunday morning to watch SportsCenter. And I see them comparing this guy and saying, oh, look how few games he had to play compared to Kobe to win a slam dunk contest. Kobe took 17 games. He was in 17 games before he won the slam dunk contest. This guy was in two. Don't tout it like it's a good thing. That's the problem. Yeah. You shouldn't be in two games and just get signed to a contract this week to be in the slam dunk contest. This is the NBA All-Star Game, not the G League All-Star Game. So we need to remember that they're NBA. And this, we've talked about it. And I'm, I'm not going into the ad nauseum about how this is a, a joke. But if you can't get people for it, quit. Yeah. It's that simple. Right. It's that simple. And this is, you know, a win for us, for all the... Uh, white dunkers out there and uh, he also gained popularity in high school and he also had a uh, popularity on youtube as well for his dunks so uh, rags to riches youtube to the dunk contest and uh 100k i have nothing against him i have nothing against his dunks they were good dunks he should not have been eligible to be in this yeah that's my problem like and I was looking back at past dunk contests, and you know, everyone says, you know, oh, the 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 stars aren't in it. But if you look back after a couple of years, the guys who are in it are stars. They just weren't at the time. Mm-hmm. So maybe this guy in five years is going to be a star and put up forty points a game for somebody. I don't know. I doubt it. No. But just get rid of it. Find something else to fill its slot on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this on the ESPN. It says he's now listed as a generous 6'2", 185. Uh, a generous 6'2". Uh, but again, you know, it's a guy that was popularity on, on YouTube, and then he gets here into the dunk contest. One thing I did like, um, 
that uh, he completed all of the dunks in his first attempt. Yes, did them all in his first attempt. He jumped over someone who was sitting on someone's shoulder. It was like five, seven, two or something. On, they had the measurement, and he's only five, six, two or whatever. A generous, six generous two. six two. So that was impressive. He also did a five forty, which I don't think I've ever seen done. And he actually said, "I didn't know if I was going to pull it off, but I saved it for my last dunk." And said, "Why not?" Yeah. So that was cool. Like I said, I have nothing against his dunks, but he shouldn't have been there in the first place. That's my problem. Yeah. The NBA just had a guy who's been signed for a week win their all-star contest. He ain't an all-star. Yeah. If you can't get the people to compete, don't do it. Find something else for T-Mobile or whoever's sponsoring it this year to put their money in. Right. Yeah, I think that was the problem. T-Mobile, Sprite, whatever. I think that was the problem, just finding people to (laughs) even participate and fill out the field. They've done this for years. They've had problems. There have been years recently where they had three guys in it. Like, this is always the problem. Mm -hmm. And it looks like it was the AT&T slam dunk contest. Okay, we'll get AT&T to sponsor somebody something else. (laughs) Let's think outside the box here. Like I said, Travis, what if you replace the slam dunk contest with horse? And you just got five guys to play horse. Yeah. I mean. No. It's better than the slam dunk contest. Nah. I don't think it is. Are you kidding me? No, I don't want to watch horse. That's not exciting. Neither is the dunk contest either. I'm not saying it's either. Just scrap the whole thing. You can't scrap the whole thing because there's sponsorships. And what else are you going to fill in that that last spot in on Saturday? The three-point shootout. Okay, what are you putting on before it? The skills competition. Okay, what are you doing before that? The thing where they do with the three players from the WNBA, a legend, and a current player. That's not televised. Well, it can be. You can have horse at the at the beginning, but I won't be watching. As we talked about, all the NBA cares about right now, what the big hot trend is, is how far can I shoot it? So let's get these guys out there shooting it. Right. People don't want to see dunks. They want to see guys hit it from half court. Let's just do a half court shooting contest. There you go. Everyone gets five shots. (laughs) Five shots. Whoever makes the most from half court. There you go. That's where the money ball should be at from the three-point. Right. You have to do something. (laughs) You can't just keep trotting out people who no one knows. Or, like you said, move it to where the three-point contest is and close the night with a three-point contest. Yeah. Because more people, would, I think, would tune in for the three-point contest because there's more actual people competing in that that you know than in the dunk contest. Don't close the night with that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I loved seeing all of the NBA players getting excited about the dunks when it's like, you don't know these guys and you don't care. (laughs) Quit acting like you're impressed by something that happened. Yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, the whole thing's ridiculous. It's a joke. The whole thing. All right, where are we going to now? Uh, Let's recap entertainment. All right, it wasn't good. There you go. No. (laughs) Uh, had Tiger for the top 10. Nope. 48th didn't work. Yep. Nope. Had Vegas plus three and a half. That mm-hmm. one did work. 
That one did work. Yes. Had St. Louis minus two and a half. That one did work. That one did. Barely, yeah, but barely. it worked. Had Team LeBron plus three. Nope. <laughs> no. Had Jason Tatum plus 500 win three-point contest. Nope. I was a day early on him. You were. Should have yeah. had him for the All-Star Game MVP. Should have. I had uh, Chase Elliott in the truck race to plus 650 to win. He finished 10th. I had Brandon Jones plus 1,400 to win the uh, Xfinity race. He finished 14th. Mm-hmm. I had Ross Chastain to win the Daytona 500. He finished 9th. 9th. And I had Travis Pastrana to get a top 10. He finished 11th. 11th. Yep. I saw that. Ugh. 11th. I wasn't sure where he was going to finish after the wreckage, but oh, 11th. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get into this. All right. So... <laughs> NASCAR. So the Daytona 500. Yeah, let's 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 start there. First of all, super happy for Recky Stenhouse. Yeah, uh, he's gotten so much hate on social media over the years for his aggressive driving at these super speedways. It was nice to see him get a win, and to get the Daytona 500 win, and to hear the announcers excited and them talk about in this age of the super teams and these multi car teams that a one car team won the Daytona 500 is pretty cool. Yeah, right. That's that's pretty cool. That was only uh, he's one the only guy on that team. JTG Doherty, Brad Doherty, NBA All Star. Yeah, Brad Doherty. He's now a Daytona 500 winner and car car owner. Yeah, how about so, that? <coughs> but here's here's the problem. Um, first of all, let's start with the coverage. Fox is trash. Yeah, apparently it was the Adtona 500. I mean, they were going to ads quicker than anything I'd ever seen. <laughs> They'd come back from commercial talk for a minute and then say, now we're going nonstop side-by-side coverage. You literally just came back from commercial. Yeah, I heard. And I know that you you front load some of your ad breaks because you don't want to go to commercial during the end of the race in case something exciting happens, which usually happens on these super speedway tracks. But you can't have it be that much that's just it's too much yeah so at least i saw they redid denny hamlin's drawing for his cartoon so that's a good thing because he was complaining about that on his podcast but mm. they redid it they for redid him. it well, yeah that's good yep. so he doesn't have a goatee that he's never had in his entire life that's good so and yeah i heard i heard a lot of people chatter about that yep. on social media about the broadcast yeah not great Nah, this has happened. I mean, Fox is the worst in terms of NASCAR coverage as far as when they go to breaks and their graphics and their pit reporters and their interviewers afterwards. They're just they're just behind the times. You know, they were they were used to be good. They used to be good. That's the thing. You know, they're they've touted on their broadcast specifically because it was the you know, the start of the 75th year. That they've been doing NASCAR consecutively every year since 2001. It's the longest amount of time that one broadcaster has broadcasted NASCAR. Yeah, but sometimes it's a good thing to take a step back and take a step out and look and see what you're doing and if it's working or not. And I feel that Fox hasn't taken that step out. They've just, this worked, move along. Mm-hmm. Now for you, it was it was just the the breaks, the the ad breaks, kind of breaking up the the coverage, or was it actually like the uh, 
problem they have with it is it actually the analysis with the uh, the guys in the booth, uh, Tony Stewart and uh, Clint Boyer, right? Yeah, and, and Mike Joy. Uh, listen, I love yeah. Mike Joy. I absolutely do. I think he's the best broadcaster in NASCAR. Um, but he's past his prime. He's he's getting a little slow. I mean, he's been covering NASCAR for 48 straight years. Mm-hmm. Like, take a break, dude. Like, that's a long time to, to be a broadcaster. As someone, you know, we work in broadcast positions. 48 yeah. straight years is a long time to be broadcasting one sport. Mm-hmm. And I think he's getting a little bit behind just in his age. Mm-hmm. Clint Boyer, I had high hopes when he became a broadcaster. He's an entertaining guy. It's a great interview. He's not a good analyst. <laughs> He's not good. No. No. And Tony Stewart, he was okay. I didn't mind Tony. The problem is, is he's not permanent. They change on a week-to-week basis of who's the third guy in their, their booth. Uh, gotcha. So you can't develop chemistry with anyone. Right. So, like, Tony's doing next week, too. Then Tony's taking two weeks off to go drive his um, hot rod right. I was just drag, gonna, dragster. I was just going to say he's got yeah. other obligations yeah. worth racing. Not, not to mention SRX coming soon. So Danica Patrick is filling in for two weeks. And then Tony's coming back after a two-week break. You can't develop chemistry in that time. Mm-hmm. It's I I just I don't like it. I wish I had a, a and I know Kevin Harvick is coming next year. That'll eliminate the rotating third person. He's already been announced that he's going joining Fox next year to be in the broadcast team with mm-hmm. Clint and Mike Joy. But. It's just, this is, I think, the second or third year we've done this rotating co-host, and it just doesn't work for me. No. <coughs> I would rather have somebody who's on the pre-race coverage. Um, there At least he was there in Daytona. I don't know if he's going to be there all year. And that's Jamie McMurray. I'd rather put him up in the booth. Former Daytona 500 winner, former Brickyard 400 winner, lots of races he's competed in. Put him up in the booth every week. At least you can develop chemistry with somebody as opposed to rotating co-hosts. Right. Because all the co-hosts are just retired drivers. You don't know if they've watched any racing in the past year. You know, Tony has because he's a car owner. But I don't know if Danica Patrick's watched a NASCAR race in a year. Right. I don't know what she's been up to. I think she's got a podcast I've heard. Other than that, I mean, who doesn't have a podcast? Exactly. Here we are. I was going to say. Here we are. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I'm I, not a fan of it. Um, mm. The race itself, it was it was good until the final 20 laps. Yeah. Then the 20 laps, it became the biggest <clears throat> show I have ever seen. Mm. Guys not... Figuring stuff out, just wrecking people to wreck people, pushing people to push people. I I was not a fan of the end of the race. It became a demolition derby, which it seems like all these races always do, and I get that. But let's talk about, to me, the bigger issue, Travis. What's that? The truck race on Friday, the Xfinity race on Saturday, and the Daytona 500 on Sunday 
all ended under caution with a caution coming out on the white flag lap. Mm, yeah. We got to fix this. I I get the safety of the competitors and I get the safety of the crowd. You don't want if there's a, you know, a piece of a car on the track to someone to hit it and it fly up into the stands or anything like that. I I understand that. But to me, you need to make a rule change, at least for the super speedways, that they have to finish under green. And I know right. the car owners don't want to hear that, and probably some of the drivers don't want to hear that. But for your fans who've sit there and invested an entire day, right, you have to give them a green flag finish to know who's the proper winner. Right. We had that Xfinity race. They were three wide on the backstretch when the caution came out, and they had to go to video evidence, and they showed it right. They stopped it right at the time frame of right when the caution came out, and this car's ahead, and then they're doing the same thing on Sunday in the Daytona 500. It's supposed to be the biggest, most important race of the year. You can't right. use a video footage. And then you got Joey Logano coming out in an interview and saying, well, the caution, they should look at the freeze frame of exactly when the five car hit the wall, not when someone reacted and pushed a button, but when the actual accident happened because I was ahead then. See, it's, sure. it's now it's debated. Like, right. let's just race to the end. If, right. if you deem the track is too, you know, they're too big of an accident, you can't race to it, fine, throw a caution. Let's do another overtime. Do it again. Keep doing it until you get a green flag. Right. The The problem with doing stuff like that is I, I totally, I definitely, if I was a, f a huge fan, I would want it to end on, I think everyone wants it to mm -hmm. end on their green and to have a race to the line rather than a race to whenever the caution right. comes out. Right. And then you have to go back and look at that rather than race <laughs> into the white line. But, uh, you know, when you keep doing these overtime finishes mm -hmm. like that and you already saw it, like this was the longest Daytona oh, yeah. 500 and uh, that Stenhouse couldn't even do a burnout because yep, he said he was out, out of, of fuel. fuel. Yep. So, like, these guys are already getting push pushing the limits already when it's a norm normal constraints of the race. Plus, if you add on more laps to overtime. But here's the thing with that. The very last pit stop everyone took, they took what's called timed pit stops, which means... They're coming in, and the crew chief is looking at the fuel mileage data and saying, we need three seconds of fuel. That is all we need to make it to the end. If you have a rule in place that says, we're going to keep going until we get a green flag finish, they're not taking three seconds. They're filling that sucker up. Ricky Stenhouse did not fill up on his final pit stop. He's got three seconds worth of gas. Hmm. He doesn't run out of gas if the crew knows, hey, we may be here a while. Yeah. And then you had other guys like Brad Keselowski, who was up front, who did stop before that second overtime finish and fill up because they thought, who knows how long this is going to go? How many attempts are we going to get? That's part of the strategy. Yeah. In every single short track in America, which is where all these guys grew up on, you race to the checkered flag. Right. You race to the checkered flag. There's no, there's not a single hometown track in America where caution comes out on the last lap and that's just the end of the race. You clean it up. You do some sort of an overtime. Do a lap. 
do two, whatever your track does, but no one just ends the race, let alone the most prestigious race in the company. Definitely. At the most hallowed grounds of NASCAR. You know, they say it's the birthplace of NASCAR and all this. And we're starting the 75th anniversary out with three races that didn't get to a checkered flag. Yeah. That's a problem to me. Right. Didn't the truck series get rained out, called called for rain? No, it was delayed. Um, but I, I do think that they ran to conclusion. Hmm. Um... So I was uh, looking uh, on that for uh, <clears throat> entertainment purposes. Entertainment purposes, yes, yes. Because someone said that Chase Elliott was the best driver. Yes, it was range-shortened. Yeah, so yeah. I, should, I looked, and I should have got some of my entertainment back. 21 laps left. Yeah. It was 21 laps short. Chase could have got in there. Oh, yeah. It was only 10th. Yep. But, so... Still, they didn't race to the the checkered nope. flag. It still ended a, yep. a race uh, shortened for rain. There was one race the entire weekend that saw a checkered flag, and that was the ARCA race. Saw a checkered flag. Mm. Out of four races on the same track, one out of four is not good percentage-wise. No. To me, even if it's just a special rule. We have special rules for the Coliseum. We have special road course rules. We now have special rules for the short tracks. Where, you know, oh, if it's raining this much, we can put on rain gear and all this. Let's just make a rule that at Daytona and Talladega, you have to race to the checkered flag. Period. Whether that means you keep doing overtimes in two laps or you make it a one lap. You know, if it's on the white flag, you make it a one lap shootout the next lap. Whatever. There has to be something. Right. (coughs) Now, before we wrap up my, my NASCAR talk here. Mm-hmm. We are going to see history next year, Travis, possibly. History. Yes. So, first of all, let's talk about Kyle Busch. Yeah, he was He was he right was there. Up there at the end. He yeah. had a chance. Got wrecked out. Mm-hmm. Still, no Daytona 500 win for Kyle Busch. Mm. Next year will be his 18th try to win the Daytona 500. Mm-hmm. He says it's not a matter of if he wins it. It's a matter of when. It's when. Well, you're running out of time, Kyle. <laughs> but he yeah. was up there. He had a shot, and last, you know, end of the race, yeah, I got craziness. Part of the yep. wreckage. Yep. One yeah. of the one of the two or three wrecks that happened. Mm-hmm. Martin Trucks Jr. Travis. Yeah. Next year, he will make his 20th attempt to win the Daytona 500. Dale Earnhardt made his 20th attempt, and he won it in his 20th attempt. No one has ever made more than 20 starts and not won the Daytona 500. If Martin Truex does not win it next year, he will go into history books as the longest, most starts of the Daytona 500 not to win it. Mm -hmm. And the numbers are not good for Martin Truex Jr. Because Dale Earnhardt, as we talked about on our countdown, and as people kind of just know, was really good at restrictor plate racing. He won at Talladega. He won a lot of events at Daytona, just not the 500. Martin Truex Jr., Travis, in his career, you ready for this? Mm-hmm. 0 for 467 on plate tracks. He has never won a super speedway race wow. in his NASCAR career. Wow. That's a big O. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, 
Like, I know there's, and here's the thing, there's only four of them a year. So he's been going for a long time not to get a win at any of those tracks. It's true. And in some of those years, you know, he was with DEI when Junior and Michael Waltrip were winning the restrictor plate races. He was their third teammate. Couldn't get the win. He was at Ganassi when Jamie McMurray won Daytona 500s and won at Talladega. Couldn't get the win. He's been at Joe Gibbs, and Denny Hamlin's won three Daytona 500s. Right. Couldn't get a win. Yeah. He cannot. He was the guy who finished second to Denny Hamlin by half an inch. Like, that's Martin Truex Jr. He has no luck at play tracks. Hmm. He cannot get it done. So I hope by the end of the year he wins one to get that monkey off his back. Cause that's a that's a gorilla at this point. Yeah, I say it's <coughs> it's a lot. Didn't realize that it was so much. Yes, and the final thing is Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, he was in shape to possibly have a shot at winning this thing. He was inside the top ten with five laps to go. Mm-hmm. Travis, that blows my mind. Yeah, he hasn't been in a NASCAR for two years. Yep. Never mind the fact it's a completely new car than the last time he drove. Mm-hmm. Yep. All he's had is just the practice this week, the duel this week, and he did a test session in Phoenix in January, which doesn't – Phoenix Raceway and Daytona are not the same at all. No. <clears throat> no. So how he's able to get up into the top five and be there and have a shot at winning the thing is absolutely unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's definitely a factor. Hats off to Jimmy Johnson. I am not a big Jimmy Johnson fan, but kudos. Yeah. Kudos to Jimmy. It's good driving. Yep. Yep. Um, I think he's running five to eight races this year. So be on the lookout for more Jimmy Johnson. Alrighty. I definitely will. And, and he made the King mad. So that makes it funny too. So <laughs> supposedly Richard Petty was not happy with Jimmy Johnson coming over and taking over his team. Uh, yeah. Don't make the king, man. Well, it wasn't the king's team anymore, so that's the problem. Uh, All right. Pick him, Travis. Yes, pick him. Travis, you had Zane Smith. Mm-hmm. He finished 13th. Yep. I had Travis Pastrana. He finished 11th. Yep. So that gets me a win. Now, when the unofficial results were posted on the Fox broadcast at the end of the night and on the bottom ticker, Zane Smith was 11th, and Travis Pastrana was 15th. Wow. So I went to bed thinking you won. <laughs> uh-huh. And then they changed the results based on where everyone was due to the crash, because Travis Pastrana was in the middle of that crash. It was, yeah. But I think Zane Smith was caught up in it as well. So I will take the win. I'll move <laughs> to 2-0. and Man. That's still right there. Right there. 13th. That's 13th. not bad. That's not bad. So we move on uh, next week to, I think we're in California. Ah, that doesn't sound right. I can't remember where we are. Uh, yes. California, right? Yeah. Yeah. Final time out at Auto Club. Auto Club Speedway. Yep, last time out there before it gets changed into a little little short track. Mm. So get ready for that. Coming up uh, this weekend, this Sunday. Yep, yeah, Sunday. And then after that, we are in uh, Las Vegas and then uh, Phoenix before we head back to Atlanta for the first time this year. Yeah, so California. 
California. Here we come. Knows how to party. <laughs> California, here we come. Knows how to party. So, we'll be doing uh, picks on Friday. All right. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to getting on the board. Yeah. Getting on the board here. I'm I'm enjoying the little two-race two lead. Yeah. Yeah, enjoy that. I will because it's it's not gonna last me long. If any <laughs> if we know anything about these pickums, I slowly fade away. <laughs> That's right. Play what the was it long Greeny game. used to always say, "Fade the public." I fade myself. Yeah, and I think he was also doing that as well. But you know, I yeah. can't remember the last time he was on a show. So yeah, I don't know. We're here. We're here every day. Every day. Most days. Well, most days. Most days. Most days. More than Greeny. More than Greeny. I'll hang my head on that one. Well, but also, we're not on on a television show either before we come on here. So uh, there is that. But uh, thanks for sticking it out with us here. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for downloading. We'll be back for you tomorrow. And until then, have a good one. Peace out.